We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Welcome to the corner. We are coming at you from Insert Coins Bar and Arcade in downtown Vegas. Get ready for an hour of wrestling, boxing, and MMA talk. I'm Kel Dansby, journalist for BSO. And I'm Andreas Hale, journalist extraordinaire. And today we will talk about the WWE's marketing of black wrestlers. It's horrible. Also, who's in line to become boxing's next star and Rampage Jackson being blocked by Bellator from competing at UFC 186. But first... Andreas has a problem with Young Thug's album cover. Yeah, so this is the corner where we discuss these things, but we also discuss hip-hop. And uh, Young Thug's album cover drop where, you know, this young man is butt-ass naked. It's <laughs> <laughs> still calling his album the Carter Six. Yo, I don't know what's more disturbing. Him naming it after another man, Dame Dash wouldn't approve. Not at all. Or him being butt-naked on a cover. I mean, we already have questioned his sexuality, right? This is a dude that wears nail polish, shops at Forever 21, just does a bunch of weird shit. Yes, um, he wears leggings constantly. Yeah, and I mean, I know it's to get attention. Now, to call yourself, you know, call your album The Carter, uh, to name it after Lil Wayne, who your boy, your new daddy, Birdman, is beefing with your step... What is this? Is it your brother, Lil Wayne, and you still gonna name your album after an album? Like, your album's The Carter Six. His album's The Carter 5, and the shit ain't even out yet. Explain this shit to me, Kel. Hell. Yo, if The Carter 6 drops before The Carter 5, I'm going to lose it. Well, it is. We got a date, April 17th. Ah. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even hear that. That's crazy. Like, I, I just can't believe it. Like, one, I don't even understand what Young Thug raps about. I don't think he understands what he raps Yo, about. I don't know any of his verses. Like, I, I, 
still, Lifestyle is like the craziest verse of the year because I only understand three words. What words are those? Lifestyle. That's it? Something, something, something. <laughs> Yo, know, like, I'm telling you, I got to hear it. Like, whatever's before Lifestyle, there's like two words. It's kind of audible. Besides I mean, that, yo, you can't hear nothing on it. Look, so I wrote a piece for Hip Hop Wire today called Young Thug Stars and Single Black Male. Now, if you remember the, the movie Single Black Female, about uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh was obsessed and was emulating. This is what Young Thug is. He's emulating Lil Wayne. And now it's gotten to the point where emulating, emulation turns to eradication. Now he's got to get rid of Lil Wayne. He's, he's loved him so much, but now Birdman is his daddy, so now he's got you know, to take over. And I... I just, I don't understand it. It ain't official until he kisses Birdman on the lips. I want to see that. That's it. I mean, Lil Wayne did it, yo. That's that's what took off. That He got to do it. I mean, Birdman should get to reel this thing in, right? Like, this is Birdman's new artist versus his old artist. Now, I know they're falling out about $51 million, which is a whole lot of money. But to allow Young Thug to become a pawn in your chess game with Lil Wayne, like, advise the kid, like, yo, don't call your album the Carter Six. It's a bad idea. You know, like... Don't be a sideshow. Let him step up for whatever talent he's got. I'm not a fan, but I know there's other people that are fans, so just let him be talented and, and stand on his own right. But I think his talent is being Lil Wayne. Like, he's he's emulated him the entire time. That's St- that's always been his shtick. Stop looking your life, man. Stop looking yo, your life. That, that's it. That's it. That's his character, yo. They, he has to go to the fullest. And he has to... You know what? Just... I want him to remake... A milli or something like I, I I want them because obviously Cash Money controls all that. I'm sure they have the publishing. For now, yo, just throw throw him on a milli beat. I want his intro to the Carter Six to be a milli. I don't want to understand a word, but I want it to be that controversial. I want him to really be Lil Wayne. Don't don't have step it. Dog, he's a he's a sideshow. He's a, he's a straight up sideshow that's getting caught in the middle of some mess. Half the time, I don't think he knows where he is. I mean, did you hear about the complex fiasco from last year? And they wrote a, I mean, it's, it's the cover story complex. Yeah, I saw that. The kid misses three photo shoots that complex stabs, right? That's a lot of money that you out of. The story, the interview in there is horrible. It's like one or two word answers and complex rolls with it because I guess you got to kind of ride the wave. And plus you invested so much. You got the writer, I forget the kid's name, but he did a good job of working with what he had. But this dude doesn't care. He takes just everything for granted. Yo, son, he's going to be mopping floors with Jay Quan in a couple of years. Nah, nah, that's that's crazy. I mean, Birdman, he's really good at using people for as much as they have. He, These young kids love Young Thug, yo. I, I know someone who is a Young Thug fan. Shout but out Mark Gunnels. Does that translate into album sales? Yo, it might. That's what's crazy about it. No. It, it, it might. You, you think it won't, but kids buy albums. Kids what and women. Kid? I see kids buy, they, they bootleg. Ah, oh, kids do bootleg. Soccer moms buy albums. A word, word. Women don't like Young Thug. I mean, he's <laughs> he's halfway towards a woman. Like, nah, they, they ain't supporting that. Nah, he ain't, like, Wale was number one. Congratulations to Wale for having the number one album. Sold 100,000. Now, once upon a time, maybe 15, 20 years ago, 100,000 was horrible for first week. That's 100,000 people buying your album. Yeah, that's not bad. Wale's I mean, established. You think Young Thug is going to be able to sell 100,000 copies of his album? Yo, I think he I think he will. How, listen, I, Iggy was up for a Grammy. Like, I, I've seen everything. Like, I, I'm, seen not, everything. I'm not surprised by anything. Um, Baby alone will probably buy 200,000 just to make it look nice. Mm. Like, we'll take it back to those days. Like, just 
give a good debut. I mean, he's, he's going to have a dope single probably that kids like. I, I understand four words, and he'll rock with it. It's going to be just all features. And, uh, yo, he's he's next. You yeah. got to get on a bandwagon. Yo, I got to see next. this kid live. Look, he's not next, right? You, you Look, he's terrible with the media. He's the future. He, he's not the future. Stop it. Future's not the future. How about we got a, name, a kid named the future who uses an instrument from the past? God damn it. Like, Young Thug is not next. He's right now. And I don't think Young Thug has any longevity to his career. I don't even think he's thinking that far ahead. So what's no. going to name his next album? Carter 7? Carter 7? Re- Return of the Carter? Nonsense, bro. Yo, <laughs> I don't even know. Lil, Lil Wayne can't be happy about this, yo. Not that's, at all. That's, that's got to be beef. And uh, you know what's crazy? Neither of them is going to be out here for Pacquiao Mayweather weekend. Yes, Pacquiao Mayweather week. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yo, I'm telling you, if Young Thug's out here, I'm going to go to the Young Thug show on Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather weekend. I will not. You can tell me how it is. I'll be there. You can report. I want no parts of the ignorance that will take place at that show. I'll be tweeting through the whole thing. Like, yo, just doing little joints on Instagram, Snapchat, trying to translate his lyrics. I'm there. I'm there for it. Well, well how about, like, while we're on the subject of Mayweather Pacquiao weekend, this is a weekend where a who's who of the industry is coming out and shit's about to get real. We said it before. Somebody's going to die. Yep. It's going to happen. There's going to be a fight. It's not in the ring. Somebody's going to slap. Somebody's going to get slapped. TMZ is going to be all over the place, and there's some wild parties. Now, first and foremost, I've heard about this whole Nicki Minaj joint at Chateau where it's 10 racks for a VIP table? 10. By the way, once again, public warning to everyone. It's cool you bought your tickets. You might have booked the room for $300, $400. Don't come out here broke because you're not doing anything. I mean, well, you know what? I'm lying. I'll give you some tips here in a second. Yeah. But 10, 10, 10 racks? This this is VIP. Of course, I think it's $80 for regular entry. Now, it's going to be a zoo. But $10,000? Yo, for 10, I better better get the Drake-style lap dance from Nicki. I need more than that. I need yo. Now nah, I need to be Meek 10? Mill that night. Yo, for ten, if she give me a lap dance, we're good money. I need to be Meek Mill. I need that Drake lap dance, yo. Okay. So what? So so what? What are we gonna do? Like what? If you're coming out to Mayweather Pacquiao, see, we live here, so we understand what happens during fight weekend. But for all the people, some of the suckers who's gonna come out here who already blew their rent money and everything else to get a, a flight and a room. I don't know where you're staying at. If you're staying on the strip. I'm proud of you because yeah. you somehow ponied up a bunch of money for a night, and then I hope you got some money left over. So what do what do the suckers do that come out here and don't know what to do because they ran out of money? What do you do? Yo, first first off, pay your rent because it's, it's May 2nd. You're going to come back. You know, rent's late after the 4th. Don't go back with no money. You're going to end up with nowhere to live. Yeah, nobody's going to give a goddamn you was at Mayweather Pacquiao. None. You ain't getting no extension. But if you out here and you're trying to, you know, you fake it, trying to save some dough, easiest way to do it. One, act like you're on the money team. There's that's, a million of them. That's a, li- true. a million of them. And yeah. the MGM gift shop, right when you walk in, by the lion, they got the full TMT gear. Go cop you a hat, track suit, at worst just a t-shirt. Yeah. Walk around, be on your cell phone the whole time, talk really loud. You get in some places. You, you're probably right. You're probably right. And the money team is so big and... You know, I've been around Floyd and them since, you know, 2008 covering fights, and I don't think that that team is interchangeable. Like, I've been questioning. There's people coming to me, like, you in the money team? You in the money team, dog? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, and it's work. So, I mean, 
I guarantee you somebody gonna come out here and make it work. Now the problem is, you know how many people gonna be wearing TMT shirts that week? No, you gotta get the suit, yo. You need to get the the full like velour looking joint. And oh, like shit. the the green, the matching top, matching bottoms. Rock some sunglasses. They got like a whole look. Yeah, that's you're right. it. Drop drop a few names. Get you know trick a couple of these IG models into chilling with you. Ew, IG models. All oh, right. yo, IG models. That's. That's the weekend. That's what people are coming out here for. Bro, they bro. Yo. 90,000 followers on Instagram. Quick. Take $13 two, in your pocket. <laughs> take two pictures with her. That's all you need. Post it on your Twitter. Hashtag TMT. Hashtag TBE. You in there. All right, That's all, right. all you need. What else, Kel? What else? That, yo, stay. If it's me, stay off of the strip, man. That, that's, that's my warning. Stay off of the strip. Downtown is popping. We'll probably be downtown. Insert yeah, coins. We'll be here Shout insert out. coins. Um Friday night. So it's first Friday. There's plenty of places downtown to go. Mm-hmm. There's Town Square. Another thing I'm gonna do on Friday. I don't know about you, but I gotta see the Avengers. Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm going to an advance like a few days before, bro. Yo. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta press screen into the Avengers, son. Um yo. Yo, I, I need to get on your level, man. Nah, I'm just so are. upset by this. Uh, my level's alright. And I'm seeing it in IMAX too. Buddy. Yo, I got to watch with everybody else. Oh, man, that just hurt my heart right there. I'm sorry. But Tau Square, you know, maybe even the Palms is far enough to get away from some of the madness. But during the day, at night, don't be on the strip the whole time. That is how you go broke. It's the yeah. day clubs, the night clubs, after hours, drays. You're spending like a G at each place, and it adds up. Yeah. Chill out. You know, you don't got to party day and night. You go out one night, you watch Meek Mill, Nikki, something like that. You spend 100 to get in, 200 on drinks. Cool. The next day, go watch a movie or something. Go chill. Don't don't go to a day club. Don't don't go to Marquee. Don't don't go don't go anywhere crazy. Yo. But they got you got to make a memory though. So you got you you have to blow it on one like one event to say I was in Vegas and I did it just for Instagram, right? Cuz people live through Instagram. If your success doesn't live on Instagram, you're not successful. And that's like where we're at in the digital era. So you got to kind of go somewhere and look dope just long enough. And everything's going to be so expensive. So I think you got to find one spot. I don't know. I'm looking. Yo, like, listen, I'll just roam the strip for that. Like, to look dope, I'll just roam the strip and take pictures in front of the clubs. It looks like I was everywhere. Yeah, somebody will find You me. see the line? I'll just be right there. Selfie. <laughs> Boom. For the marquee. Yo, I'm checking out uh, Chris Brown at Dre's. Picture in front of it and then bounce. Yo, what's... To be real, what's going to be the liveest party, you think? Because you got, like, 50 Cent, you got Meek Mill, you got Nicki, Chris Brown, I believe, is celebrating his birthday, Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg, Jeezy. Who's going to have the liveest joint? Yo, it's going to be hard not to go to that Jeezy joint. Um, I was looking at Fab. Fab's going to be dope. Fab might be the way to go. And you know what's weird? You know what my sleeper pick is? What? People are going to think I'm crazy. Yo, I want to see R. Kelly on Sunday. Robert Sylvester Kelly. Yo, I, I gotta see it. Kells. I'm cool. You can have what? it. You can Yo, have I gotta, I gotta be there. You know who doesn't have a party yet that I know has gotta come? Diddy. Where's Diddy's party at? Yo, I uh I was actually talking to some people, inside info, inside info. And uh Puff's supposed to be at the Palms. Really? Yeah, he has like a thing with the Palms where mm-hmm. they do uh the day joint, Ditch Fridays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be on fire. Yeah, so he'll be Ditch Fridays, okay. that Friday at the Palms, Day Club. Um, I don't know where he's going to be at the nights. Probably the official after party because it's Puff. 
somewhere not next to Drake, so he don't got to slap nobody. <laughs> Another fight. Yo, <laughs> yo, that should be on the undercard of Mayweather Pacquiao. Yo, there's nothing else on the undercard. You know right? what? Talking about undercards and hip-hop artists, yo, how crazy would it be? I'd watch the game in 40 Glock undercard. They say they want to fight. Yo, I'm go on the undercard. I'm with it. Like yeah. celebrity deathmatch Exactly. Like, I'm I don't even it. care about these other no-name boxers on the undercard. Yo. Nah, who we got? We got Lomachenko's on there. Yeah, oh, Lomachenko's going to be dope. And but don't know who he's fighting. Nobody, but nobody knows who Lomachenko is. Oh, except okay. for us who cover fights forever. It's, it's like, going to be good, though. It'll be a good fight. We'll but see him dominate. Who... For anything else, like what what else is there to see? You paying ninety look, you paying ninety nine dollars, right, for this pay per view, and I'm the type of person I pay ninety nine dollars for a goddamn pay per view. I want to see every fight, every single one. Most At least got to be three good ones. Yeah, most people pay ninety nine dollars to watch one fight, and if it's Mayweather, nine times out of ten, you pissed off because you, you didn't get the excitement that you wanted. Word, it's not. I, I don't think it's gonna be ninety nine dollars worth of a fight. I mean, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be nice. It's gonna be technical. We'll like it. Yeah. It's not going to be exciting. Pacquiao's not going to knock him out. No. Mayweather's not going to knock him out. Like It's no. going to be 12 rounds. People are going to be mad bored. They're going to be just tweeting the whole time looking at their phones. But that arena's going to be on fire. Really? With the corporate people? Yes. That place is going to be on fire. Cause it's like a get, thousand tickets for real fight fans. It's I mean, how a many, bunch of like, how people many, from Pepsi. How many tickets do you think Pacquiao's going to buy? <laughs> Filipinos are going to make the journey. Oh, it's going to be insane. Like, this is going to be... This, this is what I'm talking about. Yo, I remember the Marquez fight when Pacquiao got knocked out, and there was a strong section That's of saying. Filipinos just... Dog. They were silenced at that point and just... just Pacquiao's getting all upset. this money. He's getting all this money. Best believe there's going to be a bunch of Filipinos making the journey. And to all my folks, Miss Info and everybody else that... It's like they, they admit it's like a holiday when Pacquiao fights. So it's going to be on fire. That place is going to be... Nuts. Word. Nuts. I'd rather I'd rather sit next to them than sit next to Floyd's people. Floyd's yeah. fam is a is an interesting crew of people. Yeah, yeah, they're good folks though. No, yeah, they're good. They're, they're good, good. But, they but are it's just... it's gonna be turned up. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of hooting and hollering. Yo, just crazy loud. I need earplugs. Like, yo, I I'd rather sit next to Filipino fans, and, and they're loud too. They you know they get going, but Floyd's people are just next level. Will there be a fight in the arena that night? You know Ooh. we've been to fights. Yeah. And I've covered multiple maybe and somebody's always getting thrown out. But considering the amount of money that people are paying to see this fight, is somebody going to be dumb enough to get in a fight in the arena the night of the fight? Nah, because it's way too corporate. I mean, their whole, their whole joint is corporate. So, a thousand, you think there's a thousand tickets on sale. You still got to pay mad dough to get your ticket. It's not going to be a fight. You know where there's going to be a fight? Right next to the media room. You know why? Because people are just going to be hanging out. Waiting for the doors to open just to say they in front. Which fight was it? Was that was that Mayweather uh, Maidana one? Maidana one where, where they yeah. like went where crazy. I had, to, I had to run for my life and tore up the Starbucks. Yeah, they tore up Starbucks and then it was like, all right. For those who don't remember, after Mayweather Maidana won, after the fight, there were reports that there was shooting and violence and all kinds of craziness. Now I was there. I was in the middle of this nonsense. I had just got to the media room and I heard a loud pop pop, which ended up having to be a sign falling. And everybody ran. Now, you know black folks, you know how we do. And they ran into the media room. Yeah, ran into the media room in the middle of the press conference. And, you know, journal, boxing journalists, for the most part, are older folks. So they're looking like, what the fuck? What the fuck is this? Andreas, get your people. They're not my people. I have nothing to do with this. Like, they, I, I have nothing to do with people. what's going on here. Yeah, I was Puerto Rican that day. Yeah, like. so, and the MGM has never done anything to fix that. Like, the traffic 
of people trying to get out of the arena, bruh. Yo, we could have a whole podcast on why it should be downstairs for the media room, not upstairs. But yeah. they're just stubborn, and it makes no sense. Like, walking through, I, I tell this all the time, I saw Brian Pumper with a credential on. Yeah, he, 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 Brian Pumper should have never had a credential. Brian Pumper. What's he doing? Yo, I, I don't even know. Like, Brian Pumper, like, and it shaved Brian Pumper. Sex Brian Pumper. Pumper. Like, Porn fake, Pumper. Yo, fake jewelry bought from the middle of the mall kiosk Brian Pumper. Who gave Pumper. him a credential? Yo, I don't know. He had a G-Unit wife beater on. He ain't even dress up. What year did they drag him out of? In jean shorts. Son, they drag him out of what? 2002? <laughs> Yo, he was on it. He was on it. God, so that... We need to go get Jake Steve while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yo, but all right, I can't even talk about this anymore. I'm. It's just mind-blowing how crazy that weekend is going to be. But obviously, there's other boxing matches before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, Garcia Peterson, right? Yes, we got Danny Garcia and Lamont Peterson. In a fight I'm actually kind of looking forward to. Um, Danny has had a... He had a pretty shitty 2014. Yo, he was horrible. Like, I'm just saying, he was horrible. Like, he had so much buzz and he was so talented. And, you know, he went through that 2013 where everyone picked him to lose. Right. And he just started upsetting people. And then people were like, yo, I'm going to pick him to win. He's nice. And then he just did horrible. Yeah. Like, I, I don't understand. He's the ultimate, you know, just... Fight like your competition. If he has a great fighter against him, he'll fight great. If his fighter is not good, he'll fight not good. Like, he just does enough to win. Just enough. You know, well, here's the thing. The Herrera fight is a fight that everybody thought that Herrera won and Garcia lost. I watched the fight. I thought Herrera won. Danny Garcia is good, but not that good. You know, and we'll talk about the WWE later, but you know how they call Daniel Bryan a B-plus player? That's who Danny Garcia is. And he's not, but he's not a bad fighter. He's got an incredible left hook. He's got good footwork. He's going to be good enough to beat Lamont Peterson. Um, Lamont Peterson doesn't possess the hand speed to beat him, nor the power to slow him down. And his chin's a little suspect. Matisse tested that out for us. But Danny, is, there's a reason when I talked to Danny, I was like, you want to fight Floyd? And he was like, if the fight comes, if the fight comes, you got to ask for the damn fight. What are you doing? Ask for the fight. Get the fight. Now, he knocked out Amir Khan at a lower weight, made him look good. But... I'm just not 100% sold on him. And I think he'll win this fight against Peterson, but the dude is, he's like, he got a ton of flack, call him a cherry picker on Instagram. because You know, the Rod Salka fight? Come on, dog. Yo, that was just a joke. Like, Rod Salka well watches my dishes. Yeah, Rod Salka, he watches my dishes. He should not have been in that ring that night. No, nah, that was a bye week. Like, he he just took the paycheck in. It was like, yo, I'm just tired of sitting at home. Let me get a quick paycheck real quick. Yes. He might as well have not fought. Like, he's... Now he's talking about going up to 147. That's where the money's at. It, the money's there. He's not going to hold up. You know who else is there? Keith one time third. Oh, Keith. Keith will get him right out of there. Real quick. Because Danny's just going to try to dance on Keith. And he don't, got, he don't have nearly enough power to touch Keith. And he's not that quick. Keith is quicker than him. But his name is Swift. <laughs> yo. Yo, he's going to swiftly get put out of there. Hey. Quick. Swiftly KO'd. That, you know, Garcia-Peterson, again, I think it'll be an entertaining fight. I think Garcia will win this thing handily. Um, but, you know, he's definitely, you know, Mayweather's still got one fight left. He doesn't get that fight. Is, well, you know, a lot of people want Danny to be a star and that and one of the next star fighters. Is he that guy or is someone else, like, in your eyes? Like, if you had to say, like, yo, this is the next star in boxing. Mayweather's gone. Pacquiao's gone. Marquez's gone. 
Who is it? I mean, it's a tough call, man. Like, if you would ask me this question a while ago and if everything was handled right, I would have said Andre Ward. Andre Ward lacks the personality. Now he's with Rock Nation, which kind of puts him on the outside of every Al Heyman fighter that there is. So it's not Ward. Then you got, you got guys like Kovalev, um, great fighter, not American, makes it a little bit tough. Adrian Broner, people love to hate him. He's a star, but a different kind of star. People yeah, want to yeah. see him lose. He's a heel. He, he's a bona fide heel. The kid is a heel. And he's not a heel that plays a heel. This is like kayfabe. This is what he does. He, he lives his life. That's his life. Like an asshole. Like, that's yeah. what he does. Um, and he's never going to tone it down. Um, but with Broner, you look at him and you, you there's something missing. And it's in the ring somewhere. You know, and, and he looked good against Molina. He fought the right kind of fight. When I, when I talked to him afterwards, he said, you know what? I'm done fighting for the people. I'm going to fight my kind of fight. People call him, you know, a liar and all that shit. But I think he's right. He's got to use his feet more. He's got to box more. He's got to piss people off. The only thing that, that's really messing up Broner right now is he's not undefeated anymore. The yeah. fact that he lost has taken all the way the luster and the glistening sm- shine that he had on his record. And he, it's who he lost to. Because my, my guy, who's the future star of boxing, is Canelo. Oh, I thought I thought duh. Floyd caught him at you know the perfect time. Yeah. It's gonna look great at Floyd's resume when it's all said and done. But Canelo is De La Hoya. Like he's he's gonna carry the whole Mexican fighting, you know, just culture on his back. And he's only gonna get better. He's only going to get stronger. He's still so young. I don't know who's touching. Him. Well, you know what? Here's the thing with Canelo. As much as I like Canelo, Canelo's got to speak some English. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just being honest when it comes to crossing over. Juan Manuel Marquez learned how to speak English. You know, Tito Trinidad was big, but he never learned English. It's hard to cross over in the States. Like, if Pacquiao was just speaking, you know, his native tongue, it wouldn't have worked. Now, while I agree with you that Canelo's that guy, and I think Canelo should roll through Kirkland, uh, there's a guy that I think is better than Canelo, and his name is Gennady Golovkin. Oh, Triple G. That's the baddest dude on the planet right now. Yo, word. I he When he just Florida, who is that, Murray? With, yeah, Martin the- Murray. He, With he, the body blow? He kills people. That was dirty. And he's the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Oh, great. Great interview, too. Bro. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's, he's, he knows, like, six languages. He moved out to L.A. They're, they're handling him very well. They have him fight in L.A., then they'll bring him to New York. Then they'll bring him back to L.A. So he's coast to coast. He's done well. And, in fact, he just beats the shit out of everybody he fights. And people say he's fighting nobody, but nobody wants to fight him. No, he's not ducking anybody. No. That, that's not him. They are actively ducking him. They don't want those problems. Nobody wants a piece of Gennady. And, and Triple G is the type of guy who told me personally, he was like, I would try, you know, I love to fight Floyd at a catch weight at 150. Floyd wouldn't take that fight. No. Nah. Now, <laughs> for people who, who just seen Gennady just slugging it out, remember, he was an Olympian too. He's got hands. And he hurts people. And I've seen him spar and I spent time with him in Big Bear. And I've watched him hit dudes and they just fall. And he, he throws punches so effortlessly. Yeah. The guy just... I think he's the baddest dude on the planet right now, but I don't know if it's going to translate to the bigger star than Canelo because Canelo's got a whole goddamn country behind him. The whole thing. And I wouldn't mind seeing them at 154 if, if Triple G was willing to drop down. Yeah, I don't know if they take that. I don't know if they take that risk. Like, I think the big fight, come, the, the next big mega fight in boxing is Canelo and Cotto. It has to happen. They got to find a way to make this fight happen. Yeah, the Puerto Rican-Mexican rivalry, I mean... Those two, it, the buzz behind that's just going to be crazy. It, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens in September. Like, they, they got some hoops to jump through with. Cotto signed this big deal with Rock Nation with a ton of money. But who's he fighting? I Again. mean, at this point, they got to freeze out Heyman. Anything that's not 
Heyman related, you gotta you gotta take that though. Split with anyone else because they have no other options. No, Cotto took the money. He did what he was supposed to. He took the money, and now he's got to find somebody to fight. Now Cotto Canelo is a big fight. Now, I think Canelo beats Cotto. Canelo beats pretty much anybody in that weight class right now, unless Gennady Golovkin shows his face. Because Gennady will beat the shit out of your boy Canelo. Yo, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, as long as he's at the right weight, 154, I think Canelo has a chance. He no can't chance. drop weight, can't cut weight. But 154, I think it'd be interesting. Against Triple G? Against Triple G. No. We got to see this thing. It's not happening. Let's go. We're starting the bandwagon. We got to call for this fight. Let's make it happen. Let's put pressure on people. It'd be a hell of a fight, but it's not happening. Now, here's my question for you. We, we talk about, like, the biggest stars, right? The biggest stars that have been African-American in boxing have been, like, Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, but he was an Olympian. Now we have Adrian Broner. What's the common thread with all these dudes? With them, I, I wouldn't even say they're all different personalities, too, which is, which is crazy. But what is it, though? Do you know what it is? They're all hate, they were all hated when they were at their peak. They were all perceived as jerks. With the exception of Sugar Ray Leonard, Mike Tyson... Muhammad Ali was hated. Yeah, yeah. Floyd Ali Mayweather, hated. hated. Yeah. Adrian Broner right now, hated. Whatever. But these guys were all hated. People didn't like them. So what is it? What's it going to take for a black boxer to become a star? Does this mean that we have to adopt a personality that's polarizing? Because we know Floyd's thing is an act. We know it. And he does Clearly. it to make people see him lose. But when it comes to, because there's no country for African-American fighters. America's not our country. Africa ain't damn sure in our country. When you look at Mexico, Mexican fighters, they root for their people. Definitely. Filipinos, same way. The, the Russians, same way. The Irish, the same way. Black folks, who's coming out to root for you? Only if you're fighting foreign fighters. And, and I think that's what it'll take. Uh, you know what? If I had to say next you know, black boxing star, I'd definitely have to go with Wilder. Because if he got okay. Klitschko up out of there, it's a foreign guy the the country would be behind him. Deontay Wilder. Okay. Heavyweight. Heavyweight. Bring it. Knocks people out. And Klitschko's so untouchable. They do that at MSG. The nation is behind him. And that's what it takes. Like, you can't be just an American fighter and try to make your mark against another American fighter anymore. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. True, true. And I think Deontay Wilder talked. He can sell a fight just well enough yeah. to be a boxer. And player. I think Floyd, you know, he, he reached that pinnacle of success against De La Hoya. Right. Someone who was foreign, someone who was a huge name, and the whole country, even though they were like iffy on him, could rally behind him. Because all the Mexican population loved De La Hoya. So it's like, okay, you're a guy versus our guy. And everyone rallied behind him. And we'd have the same thing with Klitschko. So I think, I think Wilder's that guy. Um, but talking about, you know, the next black star, when we come back from a quick break, we're going to be joined by a guest, and we're going to talk about WWE oh, handling boy. black stars. Uh, black wrestlers. New day. New day. Oh, God. <laughs> so we're talking about that and minorities in general, man, and how WWE really handles them and how they should handle them going forward. It's a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right, all right. Welcome back. So, like I said before the break, we have to talk about WWE and the New Day. New Day? <laughs> New Day Twitter beef. Uh, tell the people a little bit about the beef. Okay, well, first and foremost, you got to understand who New Day is. It's Big E Langston, Xavier Woods, 
and Kofi Kingston, the trio of black wrestlers, who when they originally was announced that they were forming, people thought it might be a new nation of domination. But it turned out to be some kind of coonery with three black wrestlers <laughs> straight out the church, and it was ridiculous. And now they're drawing a lot of heat. Fans don't like them. We booed the hell out of them at WrestleMania. They get booed every night. Um, so Big E Langston goes on Twitter and kind of just goes nuts, use, you know, using language like jigaboo. Inside, I choose to clap to forget the fans who interrupt my meal to tell me to sign a menu for their third cousin's wife. It was heat. So it looked like they're turning <laughs> heel. But it's just like to understand what's going on with these black wrestlers, is, it's concerning me, man. Why can't black wrestlers just live? Yeah, they can't get any shine. You know what? We're, we're bringing in a guest to talk about this. Guest, let, tell the people who you are. That's probably the chat, you know, from the, one of the most dangerous uh, websites, black sports uh, online. And, uh, of course, a, uh, a wrestling guy. You know, I ride and die for my uh, wrestling uh, guys out there. We keep trying to make uh, fun of them. You know, I'm ready to swing the big sword. Uh, you know, for them. So I'm actually just glad uh, that Biggie, you know, sometimes with WWE wrestlers, you gotta take it, you know, to your own head, your own head, okay? Because the writers are having you looking all crazy. So sometimes you gotta build your own, you build your own personality, and I'm hoping that's what Biggie was like. He sees what's going on, and he sees what's working, and he's gonna try to, you know, mix it in there with and without, you know, the WWE's permission. Yeah, they went like full black Twitter on it. Like that's he took that whole persona. Like he might as well be officially ice right now. He just went that whole way. Like he was like, "Yo, if you want to just paint us as as the token black people, take this." But how much of that had to do? Because you know the WWE monitors the hell out of their social media accounts. So what do you think somebody was in his ear and said, "Hey, Biggie, we're gonna turn you guys heel. Say what you want to say. Keep it kind of PG, PG thirteen, but." This is the route we're gonna have to go. I don't. I don't even know if that's smart, uh, Rob. You think that's smart? Like just to to really turn them heel via social media and kind of do it that way. Well, you know, they, WWE uses social media pretty much, you know, better than a lot of the other like leagues. So they've been known to plant stories uh, via social media. I mean, I think they figured out that you know they have to turn heel or they have to. Uh, use this negativity to their, you know, benefit. It's just like, how do you do it? Uh, you know, they kind of got a little bit going on with the class and everything. So I, I would say that it's a, it's a bit of a work, uh, but I think, you know, New Day, I, I think, you know, these guys have been wrestling for a long time. They probably did it in their original music up. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, they're probably happy and it's coming all out, you know. But, you know, as a, like I said, as a performer in the WWE, a lot of times they were strapped in some really stupid stuff. They'll put you in bad situations and you kind of have to figure out your own way to get out of the situation for the WWE higher-ups to say, hey, we're going to run with that. Then they pretend like it's their idea. Word, that happens way too much. It, is that even possible with, with like a minority wrestler, though? Is it, is it possible with a black wrestler? Like, Booker T is the closest thing we've had to breaking through mainstream success for a black wrestler. And who was Booker T when he first started wrestling? Do you remember? He was the, uh, it was a tag team. No, no, no. He was G.I. Bro. No. He was, uh, wasn't he like a, because he was a real life, uh, because he really does have charges from back in the day. Yeah, he and do. Wasn't he like a criminal? I believe, you You know what, yeah, you're right. Before like... G.I. Bro, he was a criminal, and I don't remember his name. <laughs> and now I need to... But see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying, man? Like, 
like the, the, the gimmicks that are, are put onto these wrestlers, especially minority wrestlers. Like we've talked about Asians. Asian wrestlers always get the bad end. But black wrestlers, it's like, remember Crime Time? Like, come on, son. They were thieves, yo. Like, <laughs> it's, I don't understand how, I don't understand how, you know, you can saddle these stereotypical gimmicks on these wrestlers, expect them to thrive. It's just never going to work. The thing is, they use stereotypes to get over, you know, whatever you know, wrestlers they want to get over, be it a black stereotypes or the ego stereotypes, you know, uh, for the women, those type of uh, stereotypes. Uh, and they get away with it because it's, you know, it's WWE. It's kind of like how the, like I was telling Kale how the Fast and Furious gets away with all of their crazy stuff because it's the Fast and the Furious. So, you know, they just kind of let it go. Uh, but I, I think, I, I think it's, in 2015, I think it happened in American wrestling. Could get over and could go mainstream. I think they would be, you know, up, you know, for it. Uh, but you know, I think it would take one that you know kind of builds his own, you know, lane uh, and not is put into some of the foolishness and silliness that that basic man comes up with from time to time. So, so here's my question, right? Was was New Day essentially buried the moment they were saddled with this New Day gimmick? It's a horrible habit. Like, it seems like we get this every single year. Horrible character development. They, they don't do great lead-ups to these rivalries. Like, there's something fundamentally wrong with the WWE. But yet, we still tune in. Like, what what's going to change? Like, how do we change it? How, as, as fans, you know, of just the sport that is wrestling, the entertainment factor, how does it change? Well, you know, I think... And, and if we, you know, if we complain, you know, loud enough, you know, we get things like, you know, Seth Rollins catching me and then Reigns kind of being pushed back a little bit. We get things like Daniel Bryan, you know, winning and nothing for that year. that we got to kind of, you know, we have to basically, you know, be the audience to drive them, you know, to do what, you know, we think is best. In this case, like, the new day, I'll probably turn into a heel. Uh, to get them to kind of respond to, the, you know, what um, audience, you know, want. And it's, a, it's an interesting audience because it's not like an NFL or an NBA where, you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, what the fans think is, you know, the, the most important thing is winning and losing the 
think there will be another black WWE heavyweight champion? Before we go on to like further questions about this, we're debuting a new segment today. It's our pound for pound, for pound list. Mm-hmm. First time we're doing it, we're going to do it every show. Today's pound for pound list, top five minority wrestlers of all time. It was going to be black wrestlers of all time, but to be real, it's hard to find five black wrestlers. That sucks. So, top five minority wrestlers of all time. We'll all give our top five. Uh, mine are in order. I'll start first. Uh, Andreas can go, Robbie go last. I'm sure yours is controversial. So, my top five, I have one, The Rock. Two, I got Eddie Guerrero, rest in peace. Three, Ricky Steamboat, because he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Then I got Booker T at four, and Taz at five. Taz, what is, man, what is Taz? I don't even know what Taz is, but he's a minority. What minority? Ah... What I got? I, I don't know. Give me like Armenian. I, I don't know what he's taking a shot in the dark. Yeah, shot in the dark. All right. Well, look, I agree with your list. I'm not doing it in order because Eddie Guerrero is definitely in terms of pure wrestling talent. Eddie Guerrero, I appreciated him a lot more after he passed away, but he's he's top of the list. Dude was amazing. Transcended so much in wrestling and was able to make it to the big stage. So Eddie Guerrero, absolutely. I got Ron Simmons on my list. Ron was the first NWA Black Heavyweight Champion. Came to the WWE, had a terrible gimmick with Sonny with a ridiculous gear. But then when he headed up the Nation of Domination as Farouk and then further went to the APA, he was a great wrestler. And, I mean, he's still being utilized as a talent today. Um, Ricky Steamboat, absolutely. The, the WrestleMania three against Macho Man Randy Savage will always go down in history. But my fondest memories of Ricky Steamboat was his wars with Ric Flair in NWA. All the time. A lot time. of people forget about the Clash of the Champions matches that he had with Ric Flair. Those were amazing. Um, what do I need? I need two more. Two more. Two more. All right, all right. This is this now. This is getting a little tight. Um, still got you know the likes of Booker. You got Rey Mysterio. Well, okay, Booker got, T. Uh, absolutely. Booker T. You know for what everything he's been through. Great tag team wrestler. 
I wish that Triple H would have put him over at WrestleMania. I still think it was a racist decision. I don't give a goddamn what nobody has to say. They ruined Booker T should have won that title at WrestleMania. It should have been his biggest achievement. And um, I have to go with Rey Mysterio because he transcended the cruiserweights. A little guy with a mask, you know, a little Mexican dude with a mask really transcended what wrestling was. Now, here's the hard part. Before I go on the route, you look at other wrestlers, like the great Muda, who I think is a top five minority wrestler, Asian wrestler, but he did all of his work in WCW New Japan. The measure stick is the WWE at the end of the day because it's the biggest promotion. Um, you left out your boy Samoa Joe. Well, see, Samoa Joe hasn't made his, his mark in the WWE yet. Samoa Joe is just my personal favorite wrestler. To see a guy that big work the way that he works and as stiff as he is and is believable, I think that that guy could be a star. I think he could be a heavyweight champion. But he's going to have to, you know, it looks like he's going to go to NXT or WWE in the very near future, and I'll have to make my decision after he's there. But as of right now, that's my top five of all time. And, then, you know, I keep out guys like Bobo Brazil because they're a little old school. I didn't get a chance to watch them as a kid. But that's my top five. Rob, who you got? Perfect. I, I actually tried. I thought about it once you told me. I mean, I, I, I'm going to try to do five uh, African-American you know, black wrestlers because we don't, we don't see that uh, a, a lot. And so, you know, first off, you know, I go with the rock. I think, you know, when you're talking about, you know, trans, uh, you know, sending and, and changing the face of, you know, what people think of wrestlers and stuff like that. You know, he's right uh, up there. He's going to be on, you know, probably the Mount Rushmore, uh, you know, wrestling. Um, and number uh, two, and he's not in a great particular order, but uh, I think Booker T is underrated. Uh, literally, I mean, he's won championships as an African about the truth, you know, no kicks or nothing as a black wrestler. Championships in the WCW, championships in the WWE, couple heavyweight championships, we're talking tag team championships. Uh, you know, it's someone that is, you know, crossed over both, you know, and have a mark on both of the biggest uh, wrestling organizations of all time. They does pretty good um, down on the uh, commentary, so he's been throwing in the third one. Now, here's one that's probably going to throw you guys off a little bit. Uh, Sheldon Benjamin. What? Delta uh, Benjamin was, uh, he was, he was, he was, when I was younger, they used to call him the Black Kirkman because he had the whole gimmick where he was in the Olympics. I think he won a gold medal. But he came after Kirk. But he was one of the most uh, athletic and gifted, you know, wrestlers uh, of our time. Won the Intercontinental Championship uh, a bunch of times. Uh, he was really, really good in, in the ring. He was like, you know, if Kofi Kingston, you know, ever got, like, over... You know, imagine Kofi Kingston, but also as a technical, you know, wrestler. And that's what he was. He had all the high flying stuff, but he was also, like, a tremendous uh, technical wrestler. He, he had these matches with Kurt Angle that just great that you get a look uh, for on YouTube. And then I'm going to go old school for my, my last two. Uh, Coco Beware and uh, uh, Junkyard Dog. Uh, because <laughs> when I was a kid... When I was a little kid, when the Coco the Beware song was it almost as big to me uh, as, you know, NWA back when I was a kid. Like, you know, when that, you know, the bird song came on, you know, that was it. You know? And then, you know, I told you, dog. Back then, you know, it was always like Hogan and Roddy Piper and Andre the Giant and all that stuff. But, you know, the only black guy that was really around, and he was like a big star, you know, didn't win any titles or anything. It was like, you know, Junkyard. Uh, a dog. And uh, a story that a lot of people don't know is that uh, in WrestleMania 1, uh, it was supposed to be a tag team with uh, Hulk Hogan and Junkyard Dog. But Vince, you know, realized that this was a big thing. And they, they said, that, you know, WrestleMania 1 wasn't like a success. Like, you know, the 
family up at the time with a cake, uh, needed to get a bigger star. And that's why they ended up with Mr. T, because they needed to bring in, you know, as much, you know, outside attention uh, as they could. So uh, those are five, uh, you know, guys from you know, way back in the, you know, part of the Attitude Era and then a little bit after that that I think uh, I, I would put in my top, you know, top five of black wrestling of all time. Man, you know what? I, I was with you to Coco Beware. Um, I hated Coco. <laughs> I hated Coco Beware as a kid. I hated him. I just, I just hated him so much. And Junkyard Dog, eh, yeah, he was stuck in that mid-card forever type of thing. He lost to the big guys. But Shelton Benjamin, I think, was one of the most mishandled wrestlers ever. Because people forget he wrestled with Brock Lesnar in college. Yeah. The dude was uh-huh. gifted. I mean, kind of Kofi without the fucked up chest. But, um... Yeah, that Shelton Benjamin was that dude, and when they put him and they saddled him with that mammy gimmick, when they had like Thea coming out, walking out with him, and don't like that was just terrible. But Shelton would have made my list. I just he just never got a chance to flourish. Yo, I was just watching the Money in the Bank ladder match from WrestleMania 21 today, and Shelton was that guy. Uh-huh. It was really good, but you know WWE is uh, filled with years to well he went to he went to ring of honor he was a tag team ring of honor uh-huh. with charlie haas and then um he was just recently in new japan pro wrestling kind of tearing up the circuit too oh, okay yeah so next benjamin he was in the g1 climax tournament had some great matches um, he's still a force, man. Like he's still toiling around the indie scene. I would love to see him come back, but he might be on NXT soon. I mean, you know, I'd like to see it. I'd yeah, like to see. He, him. he would be the kind of he's around the same age as Brock, right? So like, you know, what is it? Like mid, late thirties. Yeah, thirty six, thirty seven. They're all the same age. I mean, I think out of their crew from back in the day, Randy Orton was the youngest. So yeah. it's from somewhere like between thirty four and thirty nine. All those guys are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's thirty nine. Yeah, so that that's not bad at all. He got time. In, in wrestling, that's not old. So, you know, he got time. Before we get out of here, the last one, um, which some just came to me, but I'm sure we call think of something. Personally, what's your worst gimmick all time? Like, minority gimmick. Oh, man. Worst gimmick all time. I mean, so there have been some from. bad ones. Like, horrible, horrible gimmicks. Uh, one that comes to mind for me is, what was it, like, Papa Shanko? Papa Shango, yeah, okay. Get out, I hated that. When he made Ultimate Warrior bleed from the head. Yo, it was the worst to me. I remember being a kid and he was like, yo, this guy's like a voodoo guy. Like, I was just so confused, yo. So confused. I didn't know what it was. It reminds me of that weird Disney movie now. <laughs> yo, for the real, my daughter watches that. Uh, Whatever that is with the black princess and the bad guy in that is Papa Shanko. No one could tell me any different. Now, what's it? Now, wasn't Papa Shango, didn't he end up being the Godfather? Yes, he did. Oh. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. And that was a horrible one. I mean, if anything, he's a pimp. I loved it, but that's also very racist. <laughs> so, look, I have a couple. I actually got three. I got to think of them. One, I don't know if anybody remembers the Repo Man. He used to repossess shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he came in like a bandit. He looked like the Hamburglar. He had, like, the little bandana with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle eyes, and he used to, like, claim shit. He just used to steal whatever. Terrible gimmick. Um, Kamala the Ugandan headhunter. When I was a kid is when I realized wrestling was fucked up. 
I was like, what is this? And then, and then I saw him like in New York when I was a kid, and he was like a regular dude. And I was like, well, why is he? Why is he got you know the best slap in his belly? That was terrible. The other one, and it's only whack because I'm older now, is watching Vincent or be Million Dollars Man's Butler. Oh yeah, that was horrible. I forgot. Oh god, that was a horrible one. It was just a bad gimmick because I just felt like, yo, is he, he could just be a servant? Like that's your job? On the real? Like shining shoes? Like. You can't even. You couldn't even be the million dollar champion. They had to let somebody else do that. You was a butler, son. Get out. Yo, he had like a tuxedo vest, like all in one. He like, was awful. oh god, that was bad. <laughs> all right, Rob, who who do you got is like the worst that you can think of? Well, you know, you know, I, I hate arguments right now. Like, really, <laughs> like stuck in 1995. You know, there it is. I mean, what, what are we doing here? You know, like they 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 just won't. You know, that let him. gotta watch the chris jericho special with cena on the network and cena tells how he got that crazy gimmick and how he developed that character and how much he loved being a heel and how he wished he could do it again it's yeah. an amazing like segment they have going yeah it was awesome yeah it, it was dope but uh rob thanks for coming through man uh talked a lot of good stuff wwe can't wait to have you again uh thanks for sharing your opinions man Oh, and see you at the Mayweather fight, bro. Yeah, you'll catch me in the food court because I'm not getting shot at any of those parties. <laughs> <laughs> see? Somebody's dying. We say this all the time. Somebody's dying. Thanks for joining us, man. Everyone stay tuned. We have more. We're talking MMA when we come back. Stay with us. So, you think you're untouchable? Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is big, basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic, basic thugonomics. All right, all right, we're back. You're listening to The Corner Podcast. Somebody's getting arrested outside. I'm <laughs> Kel Dansby, at Kel Dansby on Twitter. And that's Andrea Sale, at Andrea Sale on Twitter. Yeah, we're at certain coins, and something's going down in downtown Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, everything's good. Though. Yeah, Hear those sirens outside. So we're talking MMA this segment. Right now we have to talk 
about Quentin Rampage Jackson on him making his return to the UFC, getting blocked by Bellator. Yeah, I mean, all right. So, so the deal is, is that Bellator, there was supposed to be some kind of fluctuation that allowed Rampage to get out of his contract and go to UFC, and Bellator contested. Now Rampage is blocked from competing at UFC 186. Now, I don't blame the UFC for this. I blame Rampage Jackson. Because Rampage should have known better and should have had this all figured out beforehand because now your card, that UFC 186 card is ravaged because of this. Yo, it's the second fight. Second fight that's been moved from it. Third. Third. Hector Lombard and Roy McDonald were supposed to fight at UFC 186. Now you got the headliners, Demetrius Johnson and Haraguchi for the title. Nobody cares about Demetrius Johnson as great as he is. I love him as a fighter, but general public doesn't care. Yeah. And right now the co-feature bout is Michael Bisping and C.B. Dalloway. This uh, is a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. This I mean, bad. no one's talking about it, which is sad. No. I mean, and I like Mighty Mouse, but he's just going to run through another yeah. opponent. I don't, I don't need to see him until he fights Dodson. No, but, you know, the reality is, going back to the Rampage situation, is Rampage and Maldonado would have been a fun fight to watch. It wouldn't have really meant much. We're at the, the last days of Rampage. Um, but the... the, the it's, it just kind of sucks for the UFC, you know? Like, none of this stuff getting clear, and it's about, what, we got a couple weeks before the fight, and now you got to pull Rampage off this card, too? That's what's dirty, yo. Bellator did him dirty three and, weeks before the fight. But Bellator's like, yeah, you can come here and fight Tito Ortiz. Gee, thanks. Watch up Tito Ortiz? Yo, he's never fighting for Bellator again. He shouldn't. Ever, ever, ever. ever. It's he not should. happening. But, I mean, that's... Like, that's that's the ultimate punk move. They, they treated it like they were a girl who just got cheated on. Like, they aired out... All of his business, like, why stop him? But he still's got three fights on his contract. That's Bellator's argument. Scott Coker and them are saying Rampage has three fights left on his contract. He's a breach of contract, and they saw it in the junction, and they got it. So it's not, Rampage is not fighting. It sucks, but this is kind of like the story of Rampage Jackson's life. It's always some bullshit that comes with Rampage Jackson. Yo, always. He's never happy, and, that, and that's what it all comes down to. Pretty he wasn't much. happy, you know, with his original UFC stint, mm-hmm. and Bellator was shiny and new. And then Bellator got whacked. Now UFC is cool again. He's in the most awkward three-way relationship ever. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And I don't, I don't know when it's going to end. And I don't know what that means for his future. Um, I just hope that they get it figured out and he's allowed to finish up his career in the UFC because he's only got a couple fights left. He's not going to be competing against the top dogs. He's not going to fight an Anthony Johnson or a John Jones or a Cormier. Or maybe, I don't even know if he fights Ryan Bader. But, you know, or to share, I mean, he's fought to share and he lost. So it's like, dude. I don't know what you're doing. You know who he is? He's the Joe Budden of MMA. Why? Why would you say that? Bellator is Kalen. UFC is Tahiri. Oh. And he can't stay away from it. Okay. Well, it, it, he's the Joe Budden of MMA. Yeah. That's, it's like watching Love and Hip Hop. That's that's a crazy analogy, but we'll run with it. Yo, that's we'll that's who it. he is. That's who he is. Uh, we actually just came off of a good card, though. In the UFC. Yeah, yeah, the Fairfax card. Fairfax yes. card, uh, that's probably going to be better than 186. I'm not yeah. going to lie to you. I mean, and it's, I mean, what we saw was Chad Money Mendez proved that he can beat anybody on the planet not named Jose Aldo. Yes. Because what he did to Ricardo Lamas was ridiculous. You know, Conor McGregor would have something to say to you about that. You hey. got to get Conor on one day. I mean, you know, he, he'd take offense to that statement, but it's probably true. Here's my thing, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. Conor McGregor has a better chance being Jose Aldo than he does beating Chad Mendes because we haven't seen Conor deal with a true wrestler before. Chad's fast. His hands are still developing. Developing that, that team alpha male wrestling is always going to be an issue. 
Jose Aldo is the type of guy that will stand there and strike with you. So the, the, the threat is a little bit lesser with Aldo than it is with Mendez. But with that being said, what Chad Mendez did to Lamas was something that no other fighter has done. And he made it look easy. Too easy. Like, you can tell that he's on a mission. He has that focus right now. Where, where you just look at him and said, okay, you know, he came up short before. He's not going to do it again. He's just locked in. And whoever they put in front of him right now, like, I think he has to take another fight. He's going to have to. He's not going to title fight immediately. He should. He's the number one contender, but I think he has to take a, another fight. He can't sit out that long and wait for the winner, Connor and Aldo. Um, and he's going to dominate that fight. You think he dominates Frankie Yeager? Because I think that's who it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he gets dominates? Frankie out of there. Yeah. Dominates? And, and it's Frankie. And Frankie's one of the toughest fighters in the UFC. No. And Frankie's been doing well. I don't think he dominates him. I think it's a great fight. Gets him out of there. Second round. What? Gets Frankie out of there. Who's knocked out Frankie Yeager? No, exactly. No, not. Wait, one person? Who? Has Frankie ever been stopped? No. He gets Frankie out of there in a second. Not happy. Second. Nope. He's at that point right now. It's, it's a five-round main event fight, and I think it's a hell of a fight because Frankie's got great stand-up. I don't think Chad just gets him out of there like that. And Frankie, they're both, they're both solid wrestlers. I think Chad could win that fight. I just don't think he knocks him out. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't knock him out. I think he submits him second round. I'll tell you this, though. I think Chad Mendez, is in my pound-for-pound pound list, he's higher than the lightweight champion, Rafael Dos Anjos. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Chad Mendez is the, the, probably the best fighter without a belt right now. Because there's only one person he can't beat. Now, if once Aldo leaves that division, it's all Chad Money Mendes. Man, that's that's a rough call. Best without a belt. I mean, it's hard for me not to give that to Rumble. But Rumble just got back. Rumble's been tearing through people. He has, but let's see what happens with John Jones. All right. I and mean, let's see what happens with Aldo if they fight again. I mean, Mendez got his kryptonite. What, what Mendez is doing to that division right now Definitely. is, is, is dominating. Because Aldo couldn't get Lamas out, there, out of there like no. that. This is Mendez is the best fighter without a title around his waist. Yeah, and you, I mean, you saw, I, like I say, you see runs like this all the time. Like when you just see it and you be like, yo, they got it. Like it clicked. Like yeah. when Robbie, when it clicked for him, it clicked. Yeah. And he was like, yo, he's, he's on a path to be unstoppable right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see from Chad. Like once he gets that chance, man, he's, he's not losing again, regardless who it is. He, he ain't losing before he touches the gold. Now after that, maybe he gets complacent. Maybe the hunger goes away a little bit. Who knows? But he's he's gonna he's gonna get his hands on that goal. That dude's like the most. He's improved so much since since his debut. His hands have gotten so much better. He was just a wrestler. Now he's just killing people. Team Team Alpha Male, man. Big ups to those guys. Those, I mean, you think yeah. think what you want about them. They develop talent. Yeah, TJ Dillashaw. TJ, like you can go from being a a good fighter to a title holder, yeah. or at least continuously competing for the title. They, they've got a few guys that are, that are prospects at Alpha Male that I've seen that are going to be amazing fighters. Props to Uriah Faber. Love that guy. Great. I mean, Uriah doesn't lose fights unless it's for a title. No, if you no. got a title, he's, you're going to lose. I mean, he's going to lose to you. But other than that, he's... He beats everyone else. Yeah, that's how he rolls. Before we get out of here, though, Aya Quinta. Oh, yeah. Fairfax the, card. Raging Aya Quinta. Raging. How he lost it. All right, first of all, did he win the fight? No, nah, he ain't win the fight. No way. Masvidal beat him. Yeah. Pretty clear, right? Yeah. Wasn't the worst robbery I've ever seen, but he lost. It, it was pretty bad. Now, now, if I'm Al, 
and I'm doing my post-fight interview, first of all, this guy needs to be checked into some kind of psychotherapy to keep his anger in check because they're booing the decision. They're not necessarily booing you, dude. Chill out. Now, did you read what he said that pissed him off? Nah, I didn't even read that. He said he spotted a kid, and I'm not sure if it's like a real child, Oh yeah, giving him yeah. the finger in the crowd, and that pissed him off. It's like, my man, what, what are you looking at? That, that intently. Like, what, why are you focusing so hard on one person in the crowd? I kid. don't understand that. Yo, if a kid flips me off at the supermarket, I'll be like, hey, don't do that. Yeah. But I'm not going to be like, bloop, bloop, just well, like, he lost great his eyesight. Mind. He has amazing eyesight. Yeah, if you could pick I mean, out one person in a UFC crowd flipping you to bird. That, I, that, come on, Al. Come on, man. You lost the fight. It's all right. You may get a rematch, you know, and you can prove yourself. But I think you were just pissed off because you felt like you fought a shitty fight. Yeah. And you lost the fight, and you got the decision. So be happy you got the damn decision. Be happy you stole it. Be happy that you're worth Dana White keeping because after that, that's a PR nightmare. They had to bleep you out for every damn word you said. Like, you going to get mad after every decision now? Word, and it's not like, you know, it wasn't a pay-per-view. Nah, it's it was like, television. yo, you can't, you can't do that. Like, and I, it's gonna be interesting to see who he fights next, because obviously, since he won the division, it has to bump you up in, or he won the decision, it has to bump him up in the rankings. No, nah, I don't think a lot of people moved him, and I think, I, I you know, Ally Kinsa, his next fight should be against Dustin Poirier, who just moved up to lightweight and looked great in this fight. Um, and Dustin Poirier, I think, is going to be a force at lightweight. So, I can do, yeah, he's a good fighter. You know, you lost the fight. Just stop tripping. Just just take your L like a man. Even though you won, take yeah. the booze like a man. Like, dude, if I'm winning fights and I'm getting booed, I'm smiling. Yo, take the win and run. That, that'd be my dream. Yo, take it and run. Get back to training and fix whatever went wrong because it was a horrible performance and you need to get better. Yeah. So, okay, one last thing before we go. This weekend is, is Gabriel Gonzaga versus Mirko Krokop 2. A fight that I don't know who the hell on this planet wants to see. Except for people in Miracle's home. Yeah, I mean, I won't mind seeing the highlights of the first one. I found that very enjoyable. When Gonzaga kicked, kicked him, him in the head. Beat him in his own, his own Yeah, head. that's super dope. I, I like that. The fight's not going to live up to that. It's not going to be a great card necessarily. But, you know, the UFC has a million fights right now. And they just want to stay in the loop. And, and to be honest, this month is about boxing, man. I mean, the UFC is going to have their time. But between now and Mayweather fight... They uh they need to just chill, be low key. One eighty six isn't gonna be great. Just uh ride the wave. Yeah, I mean they have the fight night card with Luke Rocco and Leona Machida. Oh, it's gonna be pretty good. It'll be a great fight. But other than that, you're absolutely right. It's uh yeah. And then yo, it's gonna be all guns are blazing for Bones Jones and Rumble, and that's when they take over the summer. Oh, May, June, July. They got it. Yeah, it's gonna be hot. August, Ronda, you got it. Yeah. They, but they, now they, just chill out, take the back seat. And, uh, you know, hope, hope for the best. But this is this is boxing's time right now. Indeed. No one wants to see Crocop. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, so everyone, thanks for joining us, man. This was episode three of The Corner. You can check out our YouTube, The Corner Pod. Uh, check us out on SoundCloud, also, The Corner Pod. I'm Kel Dansby. I'm Andreas Hill. From Insert Coins, man. We're out of here. Later. Uh, uh, uh. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. 